Hey, Lighthouse Niagara family, this is Pastor Joel Sloss. I hope that the message you received today blesses you so, so much. I have here about 20 pages or 10 pages, both sides, as the Lord began to speak over the course of this since September, September 17th. And uh, so I'm, I'm going to touch in on some of the, the things that the Lord spoke to me over the course of the last number of months leading into this, uh, this year and even this year um, to give the direction for us for 2024. And in a nutshell, uh, if you want to mark this down, uh, be referred to throughout 2024. Refined, purified, holy, a glorious church, declaring Jesus for the joy of the Lord is our strength. Let me say that again. Refined, purified, holy, a glorious church, declaring Jesus for the joy of the Lord is our strength. The joy of the Lord is our strength. This passage is taken from Nehemiah 8. And in verse 9 it says, gives the, the names of, of a few individuals that were leading and heading up massive reinitiations and re uh, putting things into place that had not been in place for a long time. It says, And Nehemiah, who was the governor, Ezra, the priest and scribe, and the Levites, who taught the people, said to all the people, This day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn nor weep. For all the people wept when they heard the words of the law. And they recognized they had fallen far short of keeping the law. I recognize this is Old Testament. So we're not under the law. We are not under the law. But there is a responding to the word of the Lord to them. And they recognized they weren't at the place that they should be. And they wept. For all the people wept when they heard the words of the law. Then he said to them, go your way. Eat the fat, drink the sweet, and send portions to those for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy to our God or to our Lord. Do not sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. I want you to know, you might say, well, I, I don't have joy. I don't have joy in my life. I believe that the reason that we may not have joy in our life is because, you might say, well, it's because of all the things that are happening around me. It's all the, the things that are coming against me, and it's all these different things. I'll tell you right now, it has to do with where the Lord is at with us. It says the joy of the Lord, where He is at with us. Where is the Lord at with me? As the Lord rejoices over us, it is our strength. As the Lord rejoices over me, it is strength to me. You say, well, pastor, have you arrived? I know I haven't arrived. There's still much work that's being done in my life. I haven't arrived yet. But I thank the Lord that even as we may be refined and purified to be made holy. In this process, the Lord would rejoice in us. There's a willingness to say, Lord, yes, I hear your voice, and I am willing to, to have the refining take place within me. I'm going to talk a little bit more about this thing of refining I surrender to you, Lord. Have your way in my life. 
Go ahead and do the work necessary to change me. When we are in that place, even though we haven't arrived yet, yield it to the Lord. The Lord begins to rejoice over us. Think about it, moms and dads. If you have a child that is wayward, doing their own thing, they're not in the right place, there's a grieving within you. You're not rejoicing. But the moment that flawed and faulted individual child, that son or daughter may come back to you and say, hey, listen, I'm sorry. There needs to be changes. I'm willing to, that, there cha that changes be made. As a parent, for that child, you, you start to, there's a rejoicing within you. And as that rejoicing, as you rejoice as a parent, there is a strength that comes to the son or daughter that may have been wayward. It's the joy of the Lord is our strength. The strength that we would have to go from one day to the next, knowing that we are accepted by the Lord, even though we may not have arrived yet, and there's a process taking place of change. It was a decision you made to say, yes, I'm willing to allow there to be a work in my life to allow sanctification to begin. And so it's the effect of consecration of the individual, of us consecrating ourselves to the Lord. Lord, you have your way in my life. And this work of change begins to take place. And we can grab a hold of this word that says, do not sorrow for the joy of the Lord is your strength. See, the people wept. They wept because they knew, man, we have not kept the law. And not just us, our parents, our grandparents, and even before them have not kept the law. We're talking generations that were apart from doing what God would have them do, and they wept. And here, Nehemiah was able to say, hey, the joy of the Lord is our strength, is your strength. Lord, as I surrender, I haven't arrived yet. Listen, I haven't arrived yet. I, there's a work that is being done within me. Lord, have that work done. Go ahead. I will not resist. I will not restrain the Spirit of God from moving and working in my life to make changes. When I shared this word, and this, it, it was a process over literal months. And I, there's... Many, many verses that came in different ways. Even as I was reading and the Lord began to speak and it would just pop out at me. Other times it was others that would bring a word. And even as I shared this with my wife just the other day. This thing of being refined, purified, holy, a glorious church. Declaring Jesus for the joy of the Lord is our strength. And so here, this was January 1st, the first day of this year, when I mentioned this to her, and she immediately said, Dave, the, the verse that comes to me is Zephaniah 3, verse 17. And it says, and this, this let me just say this, Zephaniah is it's a short book. Zephaniah lived during the reign of King Josiah, who was a good king. And he had to be hidden even at the age of eight because his, I think it was, I believe it was his grandmother saying, I, I want that he's killed. He needs to be killed. His own grandmother. And so they hid him. And Josiah, as he grew up, he desired the things of the Lord. And as he got into the position to be king, even as the priests and those that were caring for him allowed for him to know the word, there was a, a tremendous transformation and revival that took place in Israel, in the southern kingdom. There was transformation that took place, revival. And this is what 
what it says in, in Zephaniah 3.17. It says, the Lord your God in your midst, the mighty one will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. There's something about when somebody sings over you. Usually it's parents to their little children might sing them a song. I can remember as a kid, we would go off on trips, and I was just a little guy, five, six, seven years of age. And I can remember as we, we would go off, one of the songs that would be sung is, and, and we were singing it in German, basically the words, under the blood, the precious blood. I can remember this singing together, my parents singing it, singing it over us, singing it with us. We were joining along. To have somebody singing over you. To have the Father, to have the Son, the Holy Spirit singing over you. This is a powerful thing to recognize, Lord, that you would rejoice over me with gladness. Lord, go ahead. And even as I'm flawed, even as there's things within me, let there be a change begin, beginning in me, even though I can't change myself as much as I've tried. I've tried so hard to change, I can't change myself. But Lord, you are able to do that work of change in me. So Lord... I submit and I surrender to you. And I just say that you would begin to rejoice over me with gladness. That I would recognize that I would begin to sense your love. You would quiet me with your love. That you would begin to sing. That you would rejoice over me with singing. that this would be the case for us to initiate this work of change that needs to take place in us, the, the work of sanctification. I want you to know that the Lord speaks to us as we are still before him. Well, the Lord, does the Lord speak to you? You better believe he does speak to you. It's not just, well, he just speaks to the pastor. If you are still before him, if you are surrendered to him as, as you yield yourself to him, he will begin to speak to you by his spirit. He who has an ear, let him hear what the spirit says to the churches. This morning, I want you to hear what the spirit is saying to the churches. Revelations 3.13 is just one of seven times that John writes. He's writing what the spirit is saying to him for the church. And even as he would write to the church of Philadelphia, to the angel of the church in Philadelphia, write, these things says he, he who is holy. The Lord God is a holy God. He is true. Let us be holy as he is holy. He who has the key of David, he who opens and no one shuts and shuts and no one opens, I know your work, see, I have set before you an open door and no one can shut it. For you have little strength, have kept my word, and have not denied my name. And there's an open door. You have little strength. I'm not depending on myself. I'm going to depend on him. You have kept my word. This is a, as I yield, as I surrender in the process of, of change taking place. To get to a place that I'm right standing with God. And I, I would bring his name glory. I will keep your word, and I've not denied your name. This morning, there was a declaration of Jesus Christ and him crucified as we took communion, as we recognized his broken body and his shed blood for us. 
the most important thing. That is why the Lord Jesus Christ would have us remember because it is through that that the power of God and the wisdom of God available to our lives can and will change us if we allow him to. This focus of being holy. And it's amazing, the messages in the last number of months since September were moving towards Him receiving all the glory, towards holiness. Last year, the emphasis was in His love, being all that we can be for His glory. In His love, being all that we can be for His glory. And there was this shifting. It's almost like it's just running from one year into the next. And this emphasis of holiness. I ended off 2023 a number of weeks around the passage, 1 Corinthians 1.29, that says that no flesh should glory in his presence or boast in his presence. But of him you are in Christ Jesus who became for us wisdom from God, the wisdom of God, and not just wisdom but righteousness, his righteousness upon us. He became righteousness for us and sanctification, which is the power to change us, to transform us. That's what sanctification is. There is a start point and it continues on until the day of the Lord. That start point is as we yield to him and redemption. He has bought us with a very great price. His life, his body broken, and his blood shed, his death on a cross for us. That as it is written, he who glories, let him glory in the Lord. Jesus is the only one that can make us holy. To be refined, purified, holy. Jesus is the only one that can do that. And oftentimes, we cannot give him glory because of the hindrances in our lives. Whether it's our own self, our own flesh, our own will, our own desires. Whether it's the things of this world. Whether it's the things of sin that have grab the hold of us, the temptations that we give into, and there's a, this thing of, I'm going to continue with my sin and it's okay. And there's a hindrance in giving the Lord glory and there's a hindrance in there being a change has taken our place in our, in our lives because we're just hanging on. It is the Lord that is able to do a work of change as the blood of Jesus Christ is applied to our lives daily as we take up the cross daily, the remembrance of the cross. We do communion once a month, but that it would be daily, a daily reminder that, Lord, your body was broken, your blood was shed for me. Jesus said, deny yourself, take up the cross daily and follow me. Lord, let there be a denying of self. Let there be a taking up of your cross daily. It is there that we have the victory. It is there that his blood is able to be applied to our lives. Let it be a declaration of faith daily. My faith is in Jesus Christ and him crucified. I was saved by his broken body and shed blood for me. I am being saved by his broken body and shed blood for me. I will be saved by his broken body and shed blood for me. Hallelujah. The blood is necessary for holiness. Hebrews 9 verse 11 says, But Christ came as a high priest of the good things to come with the greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is, not of this creation. So we're not talking about an earthly tabernacle. Not with the blood of goats and calves. So... He's going into the most holy place, not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood. He entered the most holy place once for all, having obtained eternal redemption. Basically, to be able to redeem us. To, he's bought us if we put our faith in him. And there's a receiving of that 
redemption, that ransom that we can have eternity with him. For if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of a heifer sprink, uh, sprinkling the unclean sanctifies for the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? Listen, if we're catering to our own flesh, we're talking about dead works. But here to serve the living God, how much more can his sacrifice for us on the cross do? And for this reason, he is the mediator of the new covenant by means of death for the redemption of the transgressions under the first covenant that those who are called may receive the promise of the eternal inheritance. The blood of goats and bulls and sheep was not enough. It was all pointing to the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. For where there is a testament or a will, how many of you have a will? Don't put up your hand. If you don't have a will, you need to have a will. So that the government doesn't take third or so of all of your acquisitions that you can at the very least pass it on to a beneficiary, at least pass it on to your children. What's the importance of, of a testament or will? The will and testament Well, the testament comes into effect by necessity. There must also of necessity be the death of the testator. The one that has made the will must die for the will to come into effect. For a testament is in force after men are dead since it has no power at all while the testator lives. Jesus had to die so that the will, the testament that he has for us, can go into effect if we say, yes, I'm a beneficiary of that testament. Man, my, I've been redeemed by the, by the Lamb, and so I have the inheritance coming to me of life now and abundant and eternal. Therefore, not even the first covenant was dedicated without blood. In the Old Testament... We have the Old Testament. We have the New Testament. The Old Testament, there was bulls, sheep, and goats, and turtle doves that basically shed their blood. Not even the first covenant, the Old Testament, was dedicated without blood. For when Moses had spoken every precept to all the people according to the law, he took the blood of calves and goats with water, scarlet wool, and hyssop, and sprinkled both the book itself and all the people, saying, This is the blood of the covenant which God has commanded you, of the testament, of the will. And it's sprinkled with blood to let you know this is in effect for you, if, as you would believe. And according to the law, almost all things are purified with blood, and without shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. We're not remitted. We're not in right standing if there is no blood shed. Therefore, it was necessary that the copies of the things in the, in the heavens, so the earthly things were copied of the things that were in heaven, it was necessary that the, these, even these copies here on earth should be purified with these but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifice, sacrifices than these. What was in heaven? For Christ has not entered the holy places made with hands. We're talking about going into heaven, which are or of, of made of hands of men, which are the copies of the true, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. He is coming for in our rather than us having to stand before God Almighty, He's standing in the gap for us. so that we can come in. Not that he should offer himself often as the high priest enters the most holy place every year on the Day of Atonement with blood of another, of an animal. He then would have had to suffer often since the foundation of the world. But now once at the end of the ages, he has appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. 
And as it is appointed for men to die once, but after this, the judgment. So I believe that many of us will not die before the coming of the Lord. I believe that we will not see death. I believe that the Lord is coming before our time here on earth is up. He's appointed unto men for men to die once, but after this, a judgment. There is a judgment, but it's been taken care of for us. So Christ was offered once to bear the sins of many. To those who eagerly wait for him, he will appear a second time apart from sin for salvation. The sin's been taken care of. You are saved. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Can we give him praise this morning? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we, would, we should walk in them. The things that the Lord would have us do as children of God, sons and daughters of the Most High God, let them be fulfilled. Our lives, let our lives bring him glory. Let us worship and glorify him in the beauty of holiness. We would worship him in the beauty of holiness. In September, it was Sunday, September 17th, at 7.17. You say, really? Yeah, right to the minute. I'm starting to write because there, there was a word that came, just one word, purified. Purified. And I like the fact that it was, as I looked and it was written across, September 17th, 7.17. It was like, Three sevens. There's seven, seven, seven. It's like things of perfection. Anyways, I didn't even notice that until after. As I was writing down, as I looked at it again, I'm saying, oh my goodness. Seven is the number of completion of perfection. Now here's not just one, but three sevens. Those, and these are the verses that started coming that morning. Just a few. Those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the firmament, and those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. Daniel 12, verse 3. We, we are wise and we shine as we turn many to righteousness. To be right before God, to be holy before God, even as we are holy before God in His righteousness, through His righteousness, and we begin to shine like the stars, and we will shine like the stars forever and ever. Lord, let us bring others to you. Daniel 12, 10 says, Many shall be purified, made white, and refined, but the wicked shall do wickedly. And none of the wicked shall understand, but the wise shall understand. The wise are those that are purified, made white, and refined. Now, once again, I'm going to get into this word refined in a moment. In Romans 8, 26, it talks about the fact that the Holy Spirit is there to help us in our weaknesses. Lord, I surrender to you, and the Holy Spirit is be able to begin to do the work of change in me. You cannot change yourself before the Lord. We can attempt to. It's impossible. I know, because I've tried. I have tried to do righteousness and holiness in my own strength. I cannot do it. I cannot do it. I couldn't do it. We are purified, made white, and refined by the Lord. He is the one that is able to change us. And with it, we are wise. And the Holy Spirit is there to help us in our weaknesses. Weaknesses, Romans 8, 26 says, Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. We don't know what to pray even regarding ourselves. But the Spirit himself makes intercessions for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because he make, makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So he's not praying like we would pray. The Holy Spirit is praying according to the will of God. And he's making intercession and he's interceding for you. I say, thank you, Lord. That's the prayer that I want, even beyond my thing of just crying out, Lord, help me. Lord, help me. Let the, let the work of the Spirit 
the work that the Spirit wants to do, the intercession of the Spirit for me. Let it be done according to your will. Let your will be done in my life. Just a powerful passage here in Romans 8 as it continues on. You know that verse. And, all, and we know that all things work together for good. To those who love God and to those who are called according to His purpose. Those that love God and are called according to His purpose. Your will be done in my life. I love you, Lord. I will do your command. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Lord, I'm going to do your command. And the Holy Spirit will help us. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. I had somebody say yes the other day. It was two days ago, Friday. I don't know if God loves me. And I, immediately I said to him, would you confess, have you arrived yet? No. Is there, would you confess your sin to the Lord? Yeah, I'm a sinner. I said, do you believe that Jesus died, took your sins upon himself and died for you on the cross? Yes, I believe that. That he was buried and he rose again? Yes, I believe that. Is Jesus in your life? Have you allowed him to come into your life? Has, have you received him? Yes, I have. And he's in my life. Well, let me just say to you, by your confession and according to the word of the Lord, you are saved. Don't ever listen to the lie of the enemy to say, I don't know if I'm saved or I don't know if, my, if God loves me. Now, we may not know if we're saved or not. For, for goodness sake, then make your confession of sin. Make your confession in Jesus Christ and who he is and what he did for you. And make sure that he's a part of your life, that you've allowed him to come in and you're surrendered to him. Jesus is Lord in my life. Let me read verse 30. Moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called. Whom he called, these he also justified. And whom he justified, these he also glorified. It just goes on talking about the victory that we have in Jesus. And it talks about his tremendous love for us. There will be nothing that can separate us from the love of God as his children. Nothing. Hallelujah. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Let Jesus be your Lord. The temptations, the things that are, are coming at you, Jesus you are my Lord. Let, you, let the flesh be crucified daily. You say, Pastor, is that what needs to happen in your life? You better believe it. Because if my flesh is not crucified, the old man, the old nature is immediately up. And the next thing I knew, I'm struggling with, with temptation. I give in to temptation, and there I am in sin again. Lord, that my flesh would be crucified. So this was the word of the Lord to me on Sunday, September 17th, 2023. By 8.48, on that Sunday morning, the, 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 this aspect of holiness to the Lord was just prevalent. Holiness to the Lord. Ephesians 5 says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word. He is the one that sanctifies. He is the one that cleanses us with the washing of the water by the word. His word to us, Lord, let me heed your word. Let there be a washing that he might present her to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. Holiness to the Lord. Lord, let there be a holiness about me. Now, we, would, we are not on our own. It is Together. The church is not one person. The church is the body together. I like the King James Version. It doesn't say she. It says it. Think of it being his body. I am part of the body of Christ. And Lord, I am part of a glorious church. A glorious church. That there would be a working 
powerfully through us. Let me just say to you, there are things that were already put into motion last year that are continuing on this year. We've already had two or three meetings. We had three ma major meetings already. This, it's only the seventh. We're talking about not just dealing with our church, but moving outside of our four walls to the point where there's a number from our church that are part of the leadership teams for Revive Niagara. Lighthouse is impacting not just our church, but is expanding out that you would be a part of, of these things that we would call or would have put into place according to the Spirit of God. There's already, let me just say how God is working. For worship in the wild, which is part of Revive Niagara. We had it last year. A number of you were there that came to Safari Niagara. There was an all-day glorifying of Jesus Christ. We are so far ahead because of things that were established last year and put into place. There's already over $30,000 that have come in just for worship in the wild for one day to have a work done. I say, thank you, Lord. Can somebody say, praise the Lord? Hallelujah. You say, Pastor, I didn't even know about this. This is money coming in from outside, from others that don't even, they're, they're not, not even attending our church, but they're saying, I want for there to be a work accomplished. Man up. Man up is coming up. On the 20th, if you haven't heard, earmark it. It's already pretty well, all the planning is pretty well done. If you've not, guys, if you have not attended Man Up, listen, there are going to be hundreds of guys gathering together in St. Catharines at a church on the 20th, on Saturday, January 20th of this month. There would be already a thing of, I plan to be there. I plan to be there, and I'm going to bring somebody, I'm going to bring my son, I'm going to bring a friend, I'm going to bring somebody with me to be part of that. The Lord is working powerfully, that we would worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness, that we would tremble before him all the earth, that there would be a glorifying of Jesus Christ. This glorious church is moving forward powerfully. There's a work that's being done in our city and in this Niagara region, and who knows how far beyond it will extend. Let me just say this. On New Year's Eve day, in the evening, a number of you, I think there was almost 60 of you that came for that New Year's Eve time together, time of fellowship. And just before the, the year ended, 2023 ended, we had this time together. The strange, strange thing was this. There was somebody that has never been to a church that was looking for a church. They were from the, uh, I don't know, GTA. And they had come down to Niagara Falls because of whatever festivities would be here in Niagara Falls. But he was coming down with four others. And he says, I want to be in church. And of all the churches that he was looking at, he says, yours was the only church that was doing something on Christmas or on, on New Year's Eve day. And so he came. We got a group shot. He says, can I have a group shot with you guys? There was a picture that was taken, all of us together, or many of us together. A desire to be here in this house. It brought my attention, and I shared this last week, of the, this other man that had come for this baptismal service and saying that there's going to be people desiring to be in this place. This morning I look and I say, yeah, there's still lots of room. I'll tell you, I'm going to say this prophetically, and I've said it already a number of times. There will be a point where if you don't come on time, you're going you're to have to wait for the next service. Or are you going to say, oh, I can't make it to the next service? Because you won't have room.
glorious church. What is still to come. And listen to, to the wording here. This is Zechariah chapter 8. This was given September 23rd at 3.30 to 4 a.m. Say, Pastor, are you up at that, those times? I was that night. And the, the word of the Lord as came, and, and I was reading in Zechariah verse, chapter 8, verse 1. It says, again, the word of the Lord of hosts came, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, I am zealous for Zion with great zeal, with great fervor. I am zealous for her, for Jerusalem, for his children. And I'll tell you, he's just as desirous for us. There's a fervor for us. A zealousness for us. Thus says the Lord, I will return to Zion and dwell in the midst of Jerusalem. Jerusalem shall be called the city of truth, the mountain of the Lord of hosts, the holy mountain, place of holiness. Lord, let there be holiness within us. Zechariah 14, verse 20. This we will see. We will see this come to pass. Verse 20. In that day, Holiness to the Lord shall be engraved on the bells of the horses. So there will be horses that will be in Jerusalem and there will be bells. And on every single bell that is clanging, there's going to be engraved on that bell, holiness to the Lord. Because that's the God that we serve is a holy God and that we would be holy as he is holy. Lord, let me be holy. Let there be a change take place in me. Let there be a sanctification. Let there be a, a removing of the things that don't belong because you are a holy God. Yes, the pots in the Lord's house shall be like the bowls before the altar. Yes, every pot in Jerusalem and Judah shall be holiness to the Lord of hosts. Every container in Jerusalem, holiness to the Lord. A recognition even in the pot, and even as we would eat and consume, <coughs> even the things that are offered to the Lord. Lord, you are holy. Holiness to you, Lord, the Lord of hosts. Everyone who sacrifices shall come and take them and cook in them. And that day there shall no longer be a Canaanite in the house of the Lord of hosts. Hallelujah. That same day at 4.19 a.m. If we don't humble ourselves before the Lord, we fight against God himself. It says, God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. He resists the proud and he gives grace to the humble. If we say, no, I don't need to change. Listen, I have people that, that in my face... It's like, listen, I am just sharing. I'm just giving you the word. And there's this thing of, no, who, who, who are you to tell me what to do? It's like, this is not my word. This is the word of the Lord to you. You say, Pastor, you have people like that come or, or dealing with you? You have no idea. Like I said last week, I cannot believe the things that were said to me just in the last number of months. And it's not so much against me as it is. They're coming against the word of God. And God resists the proud. He resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And my heart is saying, listen, humble yourself before the Lord. Humble yourself. No, no, no. I'm going to keep going the way I want to go. I'm going to do my own thing. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. As you humble yourself, submit to God. Lord, I submit to you. I'm, I'm, I'm surrendered to you. Go ahead. Have your way. We're talking about in my life, your life. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. The devil can't touch you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. That there be a cleansing that would take place. Anything of sin, get rid of it. Get rid of it. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, even the, the, the stains that are on your hands after you've sinned. Lord, that there be a cleansing in me. Let there be a purifying in my heart, that my heart that is wanting to go after things. Lord, let there be a purifying of my heart. Lament and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. 
Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. The people wept. And it was just in the weeping that there was a change that Nehemiah could say, hey, the joy of the Lord, the Lord rejoices over you. The Lord is rejoicing over you because you are in this position. And there's an immediate change that can take place. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Oh, he is happy with me as I would surrender to him. Let the things of self and the things of the flesh and the things of the old man, the things of the old nature, the things of pride, let them be gone in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. In Jude 24, it says, Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his, God, his glory with exceeding joy. To God our Savior, who alone is wise, be, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I just thank the Lord. Monday, October 2nd, 4.52 a.m. You know what? Sometimes the Lord wakes us up early in the morning. The reason being, because we're too busy during the day. We don't hear anything. And so he wakes us up in the middle of the night. Listen, if you can't sleep at night, you be still before the Lord because probably the chances are the Lord wants to speak to you and so he's awakened you. You might say, well, I'm awakened for other reasons, whatever. You be still before the Lord because there's no distractions at that point. I'm just going to be still before the Lord. Lord, start to speak into my life. Behold, I send my messenger, Malachi 3, verse 1, and he will prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple, even the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight. Behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. And I want to say this. This was written like just over 400 years before Jesus came. I'm telling you, Jesus is coming again. He is coming again. When that trumpet sounds, we need to be ready. But who can endure the day of his coming and who can stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire and like a launderer's soap. A fuller's soap, the King James Version says. You say, what is that? He will sit as a refiner and a purifier of silver. He will purify the sons of Levi and purge them as gold and silver that they may offer to the Lord an offering in righteousness. A refiner. Most likely I, I plan to go through the book of Malachi and Zephaniah in the next month. This next, next month, just seven chapters between the two books. Who is this Lord, the refiner who sits to refine the silver? Let me read again. He is like a ref, refiner's fire and like a launderer's soap. He will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver. Listen. Let me just finish reading a few more verses from Malachi 3. Then the offering of Judah and Jerusalem will be pleasant to the Lord, as in the days of old, as in former years. A pleasant offering, because there's a refining that has taken place. And I will come near you for judgment. I will be swift, a swift witness against sorcerers, against adulterers, against perjurers, or those that swear falsely. Basically, they lie against those who exploit wage earners. So those that are earning, you, you exploit the ones that are, are making money and widows and orphans and against those who turn away an alien because they do not fear me, says the Lord of hosts. For I am the Lord, I do not change. Therefore, you are not consumed, O sons of Jacob. Yet from the days of your fathers, you have gone away from my ordinances and have not kept them. Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. You say, well, that's Old Testament. I'll tell you right now, if you are practicing sin as a child of God and you don't care, you will miss when the trumpet sounds. You need and I need to be refined. 
So who is this one that sits in the refining seat? So yesterday as I was checking this thing about refining silver, it's like, oh my goodness. The process that is, is necessary, this fuller's or launderer's soap, we're talking about different agents that are used to, to refine and get the, the, the silver off from other things that are connected to it. And it's like, it's, it's from 4,000 years ago to this day, it's, they've, they've kept changing and, 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 and refining the process of re the refining of silver because it is so difficult. And so I'm reading through, check, check it out, how do you refine silver? And it's, you're going through all these different things, and it's like, oh, my goodness. What is this thing of the refiner? He will sit as a refiner and a purifier of silver. He is like a refiner's fire and like a launderer's soap. The Lord is. And here he is sitting. So in the 1800s, there's a group of women that they met as, uh, in Dublin for a Bible study, and they were going across this passage in Malachi chapter 3. And so they, they were not sure. What's this thing about sitting, the refiner sitting? He shall sit as a refiner and purifier of silver. So one of the, the ladies that was part of the Bible says, you know what, I'm going to go to a silversmith and I'm going to find out from the silversmith what this means. And so she went to this silversmith and she begged this silversmith, can you please tell me the process of refining silver? And so he described it to her. And so he said, but sir, she says, do you sit while the work of refining is going on? Do you sit? Oh, yes, ma'am, madam, replied the silversmith. I must sit with my eye steadily fixed on the furnace. For if the time necessary for refining be exceeded in the slightest degree, the silver is sure to be injured. If it goes a little bit hotter, a little bit longer, it damages the silver. So the, 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 the refiner is sitting right there, the furnace is right there, and the silver is right in the furnace, and he's watching, and he's watching, and he's watching. Listen, I'm telling you right now, you might be going through refining. The Lord is watching over you. And he will not take you out or he will not keep you in longer than you need to be kept in. But the, pro the, the reason he's doing is that the garbage that is attached to your life is removed. Listen, there's garbage that is attached to your life that needs to be gotten rid of. And so you might say, well, why is everything happening? Why am I going through this? Because he's refining you. Because he cares about you. Because he loves you. And he's saying this stuff that is detrimental in your life. And I'll tell you right now, you know already, there's stuff in my life that's detrimental to me. I need to get rid of it. And I can't. Lord, I surrender myself to you. Let there be a refining that takes place in my life. Let me get into the fire. Is it going to be painful? Yes, it may be painful. But I'll tell you, the, 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 the important thing is, there is going to be the garbage and the, let me speak so crude to say, the crap that is part of your life is removed. Hallelujah, let it be removed. Listen, I'll tell you, some of the refining is even in so many different ways. You say, man, why isn't this not working out? This isn't working out. This isn't working out. And I'll tell you, sometimes you say, well, it's the devil. But I'll tell you, sometimes it's the Lord saying, it's not working out because I'm refining you. Because you are totally in the wrong place. There's too much stuff in your life that needs to be removed. At once she saw the beauty and comfort of the expression he shall sit as a refiner and purifier of silver. I'm watching in the refining. This is good. All the garbage is being removed. Yes, Lord. 
Yes, Lord. His eye is steadily on you. Not a minute longer. Lord, as, as, we, as we are totally surrendered, I'll tell you, it goes so much faster. It gets to the place rather than us fighting and hanging on to the stuff. And it's just the process is taking longer. Lord, let it take place quickly. As the lady was leaving the, leaving the shop, the silvermist called her back and said he had still further to mention that he only knew when the process of purifying was complete. So, oh wait, as she was leaving, she thought she had the answer. The Lord is with me in the refining. And she's leaving. He says, oh wait, wait, there's one more thing. I want you to know how I know when the process is done. I know the process is done the moment I see my reflection in the silver. Before that point, and it just happens very quickly, goes from there's no reflection, there's no, no mirror-like image on the top to boom, it's there, and he pulls it out. The reflection, this is, this is enough time in the fire because I see you. In me, Lord, let us see that the others would see you in us. That, that we would be a reflection of who you are in our lives. What a beautiful thing. It's amazing that the Lord desires to have a work done in us for his glory, for the impact that we can have even on others and especially on him that he would sing over us. I had somebody come, didn't know anything, October 6th, 2023, around 4.50 p.m., and we were talking, and then he says, hey, let's, I said, hey, let's, let's pray together. Started praying. This person doesn't go to our church. And as I, f I finished praying for him, he says, can I pray for you? And all of a sudden, he stopped before he st even before he started praying, and he said, refine, refine, refine. The Lord has given me a word, refine. And it was like, thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that there's a confirmation without spot or wrinkle, a glorious church. This is what somebody else, I, haven't, I hadn't told anybody at this point, the Lord was putting on my heart. Here's confirming this word, I'm telling you, <laughs> let it happen in your life. Let it happen in your life. The things that the Lord would have done that we could give his name glory, we'd be holy before him. That there would be a declaring of Jesus Christ. The other thing in this whole message Refined, purified, holy, a glorious church declaring Jesus. We need to declare Jesus over ourselves. His name. Jesus over my life. Jesus over my family. I, I just thank God. Yesterday as we were bringing Jackie to the airport, just before we got to the airport, the opportunity... She was in the back seat to my right, just to be able to put my hand on her, on her, on her knee, because could just reach her knee. I'm putting. I just, Jackie, can I pray for for you? And, and Julie and I, in agreement and prayer, I began to pray blessing on Jacqueline. Blessing, blessing, blessing. On our daughters, their families. Blessing, blessing, blessing. Lord, let a work be done. Let a work be done in Jesus' name. Let a work be done. The things that the Lord desires to do through us. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God. Thank you, Jesus, that you died for us. Not of anything we can, not of works, lest anyone should boast. It's not from anything I can do. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which Christ, or which God prepared beforehand, that we should walk in them. You were saved. Man, 
and we'd give others an opportunity that we would declare Jesus to them. We would declare Jesus to them. That's the only hope that we have in this dark, dark end days, that we would be a bright light in this darkness. Amos 9.11 says, On that day I will raise up the tabernacle of David, which has fallen down and repair its damages. I will raise up its ruins and rebuild it as in days of old, that they may possess the remnant of Edom and all the Gentiles who are called by my name, says the Lord who does this thing. Not just for the Jews, but also for the Gentiles, for the remnant, for those that, that, that would heed and hear the word and respond to the word. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when the plowman shall overtake the reaper and the treader of grapes him who sows seed. And the mountain shall drip with sweet wine and the hills shall overflow with it. Basically, we're, we're talking about the plowman saying to the reaper that's reaping and taking in the harvest, saying, get off the field already because there needs to be another harvest sown, another harvest and it shoots up, ready to be taken in. The reapers come, they, they take in the harvest, and those plowmen say, hurry up, get off field, because let's get in another harvest in. I'm saying to you, in these last days, before the coming of the Lord, the Lord wants to do a powerful work of bringing people in as we declare Jesus Christ. Shall come to pass in the last days, says God, Acts chapter 2, verse 17, taken from Joel chapter 2, verse 28. It shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out of my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see dreams. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my maidservants and on my maids, maid, men servants and on my maidservants, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they shall prophesy. I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. Listen to verse 21. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. If I could have the worship team just come. Hey, Lighthouse family, thanks so much for tuning in to another one of our podcast sermons. I'm Pastor Joel Sloss. For more podcasts, media, and live stream services at LighthouseNiagara.com, Sundays at 10 o'clock. God bless.